Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Tonight's McPete's Open is in the book. Zach Hasselius is your winner. We will get to that in a moment. First off, quick apology. Uh, turns out my uh, um, podcast file from yesterday had a little bit of dead air in it, which uh, is not great. So apologies for that. Uh, some issues on the editing floor, but my bad, I'll be better in the future. Okay. So we had 12 out tonight to McPete's, which is awesome. Thank you for everybody who made the trek. Some of us took longer treks than others. Um, but, uh, it, it, it was, it was a great course. We had a lot of fun with it. Um, is in really good shape, really cool setting. Uh, McPete's has a really cool thing going there with all the sand volleyball, the bowling league. That place was busy tonight. So, um, before we get to the, uh, scores, I took the data and I changed some of the pars. So there was only three par threes coming into tonight. We had never played this course before. And as we did with Centennial Lakes last year, we tweaked some of the pars after the first event, after we had some data. So we added or changed four additional par twos to par threes. So hole one, hole six, hole 10, and hole 11 all went from par twos to par threes. That was based on the data. I guessed we would have a winner around 600 par. It turns out our winner was at four under par. Now the winner is at 12 under par, which is a much, much more comfortable uh, number in, in my mind and a really, really good solid number. So Zach Aselius, your winner at 12 under par, uh, defeated Eric Aselius in extra holes. We played 18 two additional times. Zach went ace, ace. Eric went ace two. It was one of the better finishes, uh, that we've had in our now 38, 39 events. If you count the match play masters, which of course we do, uh, in our history, Sean Anderson and Sean Brown tied for third place at 11 under par. Josh Benish and Caden Hasselius tied for fifth place at six under par. Cameron Hasselius in seventh place at five under par. Mike Pendleton in eighth place at two under par. Dylan Durnford in ninth place at three over par. Kathleen Malone in tenth at five over par. Colin Thomas in 11th at 28 over and Alicia Thomas was, uh, as far as I can tell, a withdraw. So, um, I put her down for that. Okay. A couple of things. Cameron Aselius was leading the field after the front 18. It should be noted that Cameron, Zach, and Eric all share the course record here with a 36. Cameron's took place in the front 18. Zach and Eric's took place on the back 18. Um, and, you know, I, I gotta, uh, obviously we play 36 holes and this isn't an 18 hole event, but it was really impressive to see Cameron's um, lead of, I think he had a two stroke lead heading into the back 18. And of course, it's only, that's only halfway. Um, you know, he, he triple bogeyed 11, which I'm sure obviously he'd love to have back. He went 36, 45. Um, but still an amazing, 
you know, first 18 performance course record and just some really great experience for Cameron, uh, who obviously was disappointed with uh, his finish despite the first 18. Um, Sean Anderson was one hole away from a 100% BEP. He had all birdies and all pars on every single hole except for 15 on his front 18 where he bogeyed it. He actually aced it on his back 18, which was kind of interesting. So I took a look and and I wanted to see where we'd had 100% BEPs before. The first ever 100% BEP took place uh, at Lilliput and, um, or excuse me, not Lilliput, Golf Zone where Sean Brown uh, uh, had a 100% BEP. Um, Joel Brown had a 100% BEP at Golf Zone as well. That was actually not in a winning effort, interestingly enough. Sean Brown had a uh, had all but one at Lilliput. He had a, whatever that ends up being, 94% BEP. Um, uh, everything but hole 17 at Lilliput uh, last year. Uh, and then Caden Cecilius at Golf Zone had everything but one hole, um, hole 10. So on two separate occasions, we've had 100% BEPs. And on three separate occasions, we've had, boy, I should probably figure out what the math is on this now. Um, 97.2%. I'm staring right at it. Uh, a 97.2% BEP that's happened three times. Sean Anderson tonight, uh, Sean Brown at Lilliput and Caden Cecilius at Golf Zone. The only eagle tonight was Cameron Hacelius on the 13th hole. And, you know, I was, when I changed the pars, you know, 45 minutes ago, I was expecting to see more than one eagle. That is the lowest number of eagles that we've ever had in an event. On two separate occasions, we've had two eagles. Burnsville earlier this year and the inaugural Puttcraft open where we've had, where we had two Eagles. Let's talk aces. There were three people who had five aces tonight. Zach Casilius with five, Eric Casilius with five and Sean Brown with five, Sean Anderson with one, Josh Benish with two, Caden Asilius with two, Cameron Asilius with three, Mike Pendleton with one, and Dylan Durnford with two. Those are your aces for the evening. Okay, let's take a look at the last four holes for the top four finishers. So, Zach Asilius, Eric Asilius, Sean Anderson, Sean Brown. Okay, Zach Asilius, again, this does not count the extra holes. Went par, 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 par. Eric Asilius made up one stroke on Zach Asilius by going par, par, birdie, par. Sean Anderson made up two strokes, but he needed to make up three strokes by going birdie, par, birdie, par. And Sean Brown actually lost one stroke to Zach Asilius by going par, bogey, par, par. Now, Sean Brown's three on hole, you know, we, the word inexplicable has been thrown around quite a bit recently <laughs> as it relates to Thomas Pepin and his performance at Como Park. Sean Brown's three on 16 was inexplicable. 
is really not, you know, Sean Brown hits 24 inch putts over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that shot was around 24 inches that he missed. You know, I don't have the percentages on this. Maybe a day, you know, maybe five, six, seven years from now, we will have the technology for this. But my guess is Sean's batting around 97% from 24 inches or in, Um, you know, very, very, very high. And watching the replay back, he just pulled it. He just pulled it a little bit left. Um, And, you know, Zach couldn't contain himself in the moment, um, you know, and obviously he's competing against him. So it was, it was a very, uh, you know, a, a, a groans from the gallery type of moment from, from somebody who was playing. Um, so, you know, obviously Sean would want that one back. He would have been a part of that. Well, more than likely would have been a part of that playoff on 18. Um, and, you know, and obviously things would have been so much different because who knows what happens on 17. Um, both Zach and Sean had tough par putts on 17 that they both hit. Um, I'm talking Sean Brown now. Sean Anderson and Eric Caselius both birdied hole 17. Um, so it was close. Uh, you know, one stroke separated four players. Um, but ultimately, Zach Caselius is the one who uh, is victorious. Really, really great to see Sean Anderson's performance tonight. Um, you know, he came into tonight as the number 10 player in the player rankings. We had that discussion yesterday um, and and absolutely cemented uh, his spot in the player rankings and, and really, really has made a strong case to move up. Um, you know, he's always right there. And tonight he was one stroke off and... Boy, it would have been really, really, really fun to see him a uh, part of that extra holes. Um, it, you know, and, 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 and we've talked about Sean Anderson's game tonight. You know, interestingly enough, he, he had 23 pars, um, you know, to, uh, Sean Brown's 21 pars. Um, but of course, then he had the, 12 birdies to Sean Brown's 13 birdies. Zach Casillas had 15 birdies. Eric Casillas had 15 birdies. Uh, and both of them had 18 pars as well. So, you know, Zach and Eric play a little bit more aggressive. Sean Brown normally plays a little bit less aggressive, but tonight he knocked in five aces to Sean Anderson's one ace. Um, a couple other things that stick out to me. Um, and, you know, th- these are... These are neither good nor bad. I just think they're interesting and and good or bad isn't the right term. Uh, I'm not trying to pump anybody up or pick on anybody here. I'm just pointing interesting things out. I mentioned this earlier, but I'll mention it again. Sean Anderson's one bogey was on 15 on the front 18, a hole which he aced on the back 18. Um, I find that interesting. Um, Josh, ben- Josh Benish, um, bogeyed eight, two separate times. Um, both him and Dylan Durnford were the only two players who did that. Um, Eric Asilius actually bogeyed five, two separate times as well. Um, Cameron Asilius, in addition to his one, uh, the only Eagle on the night, 
um, also had the only ace on 18 in regulation. As you know, those aces on 18 in the extras do not count towards the stats, quote-unquote count. Of course, they count because Zach ended up winning, but he doesn't get ace credit for that. Um, Cameron also must have gone in the water at 11. That can be the only explanation, I believe, for his six there. He triple bogeyed that. Um, would obviously love to have that one back. Um, hmm. What else? The only... Really, you know, I, I think the way you want to look at this course is, I'm not even exactly sure what the word to use, but I'm kind of thinking like straightforward. It's a lot of burgundies. It's a lot of pars. It's a lot of bogeys. Um, there's, there's hardly no double bogeys and triple bogeys. Um, in the, uh, if you count the first, the top six players, so Zach, Eric, Sean, Sean, Josh, Caden, there was not a single double bogey from any of those players and not a single eagle from any of those players. So really it was just a matter of how those six navigated their birdies and their pars, you know, when to go for the birdies and when to go for the pars. And, you know, if you playing that game, you know, looking each at each individual hole and saying, Oh, this is a hole that stuck out here. And this is a hole that stuck out there. You know, it, 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 it makes some sense, but it's one stroke. It's one stroke that, that, that separates those top four. For example, Zach Aselius aced 14 twice. Um, nobody else aced it twice. Eric aced it once. Caden aced it once. Um, Mike Pendleton aced it once. Dylan Durnford aced it once. Sean Anderson, Sean Brown, Josh Benish, Cameron Aselius, uh, Kathleen Malone, Colin Thomas, Alicia Thomas didn't ace it at all. Okay. And then the other hole that was extremely aceable was hole two, or at least that's what it appeared when you kind of looked at it. There was actually only four aces on hole two, Zach, Eric, Sean Brown, and Josh Benish. Um, you know, a lot of twos on that hole. And actually Sean took a three on that hole as well, which is interesting. And let me just double check that I'm looking at the right hole. I think that's the hole that's just kind of a straight 10 foot shot. Um, and, and something I noted earlier is that this course would play significantly different if, um, we use the putt craft standard, like hole two would play significantly different if we, uh, it, it, an ace would almost not be impossible, but would be very, very, very difficult on that hole. If we use a putt craft standard, which we don't. Um, so a, a, a lot of straight, uh, a lot of aces or just a very straightforward shot there. Um, but only four aces. Um, you know, all in all kind of a boring scorecard, <laughs> you know, the things you're looking for is like, uh, aces where nobody else has them. Um, d- d- you know, triple bogeys that, that took you out of the running. But as I just mentioned, those top six, it's all birdies, it's all bogeys and it's all pars. Um, and, and it's a really quick course as well. We were, I was out of the parking lot by eight o'clock and that included, I think a six minute interview, um, with, uh, with Zach Casilius, uh, that, that I'll try to get on, uh, up on YouTube as well as on, uh, on a future podcast as well. Um, so, Great course. Really, really loved it. We will certainly be back to McPete's um, in the future. It's a once a year course. Um, and 
played uh, uh, Bison Creek today as well and really, really enjoyed that course as well. I would say that course is very, very similar to McPete's. I would say it's maybe a touch more challenging um, and a touch more interesting, if that if that makes sense. Uh, really, really inter- in, uh, excited to play uh, that course or add that course onto the mix. What I'm thinking we'll do with that course is we'll do a double header. Triple header was uh, you know, a little bit much, uh, but a double header there, more than likely in September. Um, maybe we do some ace contests in the middle, uh, have some fun with that, you know, have a 30 minute break in between and anybody who wants to go grab lunch can go grab lunch. Anybody who wants to stick around for the ace contest can do that. However, you know, we, we can figure it out, but that's a really cool facility as well. Um, Bison Creek in Buffalo, Minnesota. So, uh, we will be back next week. Thursday, July 6th. I can't believe next week is already 4th of July week. We will be at Dread Scott, the links at Dread Scott for, again, our only visit there this year. If you want to see if you can break Matt Rolstead's 37. Um, so we'll take one visit there this year and then we're off to Centennial Lakes uh, and then we're off to Duluth. So, okay, that's all for now. Appreciate you all very, very much. And we will talk to you all soon.